0: I' start with a story from Second Chronicles chapter 33. I'm not sure how he actually pronounced his name, but he was one of the kings of Israel, Manasseh. And he was actually, if you read Second Chronicles 33, he was actually a really wicked king, and um, the streets of Jerusalem ran with blood so much he sacrificed and killed his own people so much he he sacrificed in the fires of the pagan gods his own children his own sons that's what they used to do back then you know you wonder when you read through the old testament why god was so kind of like firm and disciplined and strict it was because the pagan nations were not just like you know were worshipping a, a statue they would they would they would kill their own children and the, and the fires of, um, to worship and sacrifice and all sorts of crazy stuff. So um, anyway, he was meant to be one of the kings of Israel, serve the one true God, but he, uh, his heart was very wicked and he, and he um, did not do that and he worshipped lots of pagan gods and um, God warned him to no avail. His prophet spoke to them, You need to turn from your ways. You need to bring down the sacrifice poles. You used to have altars all over the land. And our God warned him and he would not listen. So he allowed the Assyrian army to attack um, Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. And they took him away to Babylon in chains. They used to put a nose ring through your nose and, and chain you up and drag you away. And. Uh, Manasseh, he he actually decided in deep distress, he sought the Lord as God and sincerely and humbly um, came before him and and prayed. And God listened. Which I think, I, I actually read this and I think it's just truly remarkable how loving and kind God is. That even though he was such a wicked king, that he had led God's people astray that when he humbled himself in distress and sought the Lord of his you know of his relatives, he hadn't known him, but he knew about him, and he sought him that the Lord listened and um, showed his loving kindness to him, and they actually got him to be able to return to Israel and to Jerusalem and to be king again and because of that, he finally realized that the Lord was God alone, and if you read the rest of his rule. Um, he tore down all the sacrifice places and he um, he led by example and he turned to the Lord and um, changed. But it was the fact that he repented and that he said, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I, I've realised in my distress what I have done and in true repentance he turned to the Lord. And I just think God is so good that even somebody who would sacrifice his own children in the fires of a pagan God, that when he realised what I've been doing and repented truly and said I'm, and turned away from that, that God heard from heaven and um, showed his love and kindness and actually restored him to his kingdom. Why do I tell you that? Because I actually um, have been feeling for a little while and Philip and I have been talking about just the importance of the words that we're speaking and that it really does govern the way we live our lives, the word we speak. And the Lord's been really checking me. He spoke to me a couple of years ago and said, you're an oracle. When you go into the heavenlies and you go into my secret place and I share things with you, you become an oracle where you speak the very words of God. And he said, when you have that responsibility to do that, you've got to watch what else you're saying because it's so powerful, you know, what we speak. And we, you know, if God, if we walked in the authority all the time of every time we spoke it happened, we'd be in trouble. But that's actually where God wants us to be, that he wants us to be walking, knowing who we are and our identity in him so firmly and that he can trust us at what comes out of our mouth so much that when we speak it happens, when we declare things it happens. That's where he wants us to get to. And so he's been giving me a check about it for a, a, for a probably 18 months now I've just watch the words you speak. And I slip up, I can have a little hissy fit and say stuff. The kids on Monday morning can annoy the heck out of me and I'll, you know. And it's like, but we've got to watch the word we speak. We've got to make sure we're not repeating stuff that is not asked to repeat, that we're not critical, that we're not negative, you know, that we're not judgmental. And it's so easy because the culture of our world is exactly that. Judgment, critical, words that aren't, um, you know, uplifting, that aren't wholesome. And then the word, this word, God's word is so clear about don't let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth. So that means we don't curse, we don't cuss, we don't swear, we don't pull others down, we don't judge, we don't gossip, all those things, and it can be very confronting because we fall short. And so I read when I read Second Chronicles 33 this week, and I was like, Oh, Lord is so good that even when we stuff up all the time and we mess up, that the Lord is so good, and if we come to Him in repentance and truly want to change that he restores us, that he sees our weaknesses and he says it's okay because in me you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Philippians 4. And so I want you to remember that as I share this morning. And for the next 40 days, as a community, Philip and I really feel like we're going to just hammer our words. Yeah? So Rebecca has asked, if you're not following Jesus Central on Facebook, not Facebook, Instagram, that you find us because I'll just say a little chat to her at the door then. We're going to flick up some some stuff every day to encourage us to guard our mouth, set a guard across our mouth, watch what's coming out of our hearts because out of the heart our mouth speaks. And it's not a behavioural change, it's a heart change. You know, we can go, oh, you know, I can't speak that, but if our hearts have it, it's going to come out when you're under pressure. So this is about a heart change because the Lord wants us to have sweeter, gentler, more tender hearts. And so that's what I want us to really focus on for the next 40 days um, and, to, and to be focusing on what's coming out of our mouth. So it's a spiritual journey to eliminate toxic words from our life. Yeah? yeah. Can we do that? Yeah. Yes. If we want to change our lives, one of the first things we do is to change our words. And, uh, and as you start to think about that, and, and, as, and so what about, I've got this great book, it's called the 40-day word fast. And so that's what I'm actually going to take it from. It's by Tim Cameron. And if you should, I was reading his um, testimony. And he was a pastor. You know, he thought he was okay. But people actually started to stay away from him because he would be sarcastic. You know, we, we, lo- we, we think we're clever when we have a sarky comment. I'm really slow at it. I'm not very good at to comments. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? But, you know, there's a reason for these things. It's like I'm not good on the quick come- comeback or the banter or all those things. And, yes, there's a level, but we need to watch that we don't step over the line because it's very easily to tear down and, uh, instead of build up. And far too often we can have negative attitudes and words flowing forth from our mouths and um, it's good for us to do a little check and assess what is actually flowing forth from us. And I know, like, we've got six kids, and they know which button to push. My goodness, do they know which button to push. And I've got to really watch, you know, because they could be being naughty, but if we say, you are so naughty, well, you're declaring that over them. Yeah? Whereas it's their behaviour is that. And I have to check myself. Some of my kids know, are better at pushing my buttons than others. And uh, they go through a phase as they grow where it's like, this age is really (laughs) – and I've got to to just like (laughs) – I go for a run. I run very far. (laughs) Um, But I do things – and, you know, actually that's a really good idea. If you're struggling in an area – I used to get the vacuum cleaner out but uh, now running is better because when you vacuum, you can't um, be heard. (laughs) Well, my vacuum cleaner, anyway. So I would get out the vacuum cleaner and I would start to just get myself under control because you got the vacuum cleaner, then Philip wouldn't be able to hear me if I was muttering something. Not that I ever muttered anything because he's perfect. But you know, but <laughs> your own father just laughed at you. <laughs> yeah, watching your words. Oh, look, he's watching. He's listening. So <laughs> no, you cannot say something. Um, so most of us know. We, most of us know the power behind our words. You know, the Bible says that the power of the tongue, you have life and death in the power of your tongue. Yes, we know that, don't we? And uh, we know that there's, positive, there's real power behind positive affirmations and declarations. But the fact is that we can actually have strongholds in our hearts and our minds, Maybe it's something that's been spoken over us and the words that somebody else has spoken to us has really damaged us or hurt us and it causes a stronghold where we are on the defensive. So, I'll I'll get to you before you get to me. I'll have the quick comeback before you can slice me up. Yeah? And it's like, so, we know the power of people's words and some of us might have experienced that where people have said cruel, harsh things to us and it kind of puts our defences up, or if we. That's me. Could you grab that, huh? Um. <laughs> Somebody that doesn't know where I am. So it's like, but we can learn because you copy and you, and you actually repeat what you have around us you all the time. So when you're a parent or you're a sibling or, you know, you've got little ones around you, a grandparent, we have to really be careful what we're saying because they're picking up on it. It's the same as your workplace. You're surrounded by stuff all the time, negativity or, you know, sarcasm, critical negativity, all that stuff you can start to pick up on. And that's why we've got to be putting in God's words, because if we go through the week, and the only time we look at this is on a Sunday or a Monday or a Wednesday when we gather together, we are not going to have enough good word in us to be able to compact the stuff that is out there or the stuff that has been spoken to us previously. It's so important. It's like I blogged this week about, you know, we we wonder why we feel spiritually not strong, but if we went through the day not eating good, solid, healthy meals every day, Like three meals a day, or six meals, or whatever you do, whatever your diet plan is, it's like you are going to feel weak. You're not going to be able to lift the weights at the gym. You're not going to be able to go for your 10K run. I'm just speaking that over you. Um, You know, like, it's like we're not going to be able to have the energy to do those things. We will be weak. And if you eat rubbish all the time, what's going to happen? Eventually, you're going to get flabby. Eventually something is going to happen to the internal workings of you. You can go for a little while not eating well, but eventually it's going to catch up with you. And the same can be said for what we're sticking into our spirits, our minds, our hearts, is if we don't put good food in our spirit, then why do we expect that we would be strong? Why would we expect that we would have good words to say? Why would we expect that our heart is not going to be cluttered with rubbish? Because we're not putting in good words. Meals. We're not feeding on good stuff. So, the next 40 days, I want us to go right. We're going to feed on good stuff. We're going to get our three square meals a day of the word. When you eat something physically, eat some word. Yeah? Think about that. Every time you eat, eat some word. Boy, we're going to be tanked up. Yeah? You know, we don't have to be the biggest around as a, as a community, but we can be the strongest. I want us to be the strongest. I want us to be able to be so tank on the inside, we have faith muscles upon faith muscles, that we have so much word, good word in us that it flows forth for us because the more word we put in, the more good stuff we put in, that will we don't flush out the rubbish in our hearts because what we think about, what we focus upon, what we set our minds and hearts upon is what we'll become. Do you want to change your life? Change your words. Do you want to change your words? Contemplate, meditate on God's word and you will be transformed. Amen? I'm getting excited. Come on, you don't have to be quiet. Yeah? So um, God wants our words to be ones that are ones of the disciples of Jesus. How does a disciple of Jesus speak? Yeah? He doesn't want it to be caustic or toxic or verbal rubbish. Every day we're putting in the words of Jesus, because that's what we're going to. He wants us that when people are around us, they recognize us as a disciple. What does a disciple of Jesus look like? What does he talk or she talk like? What does he he act like or she act like? Because that's what God wants for us. That's what the world needs to see. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you through this week to reflect upon it. Have you become a complainer? Have you become negative, judgmental, pessimistic, critical, sarcastic and a gossip? Have you become that? Now, we're going to have to be honest. Reflection is good for the soul. This is the time of the year. It's October, people. Yeah, I'm only saying good things. Yeah, it's good for us to reflect and take stock of where we're at because if you keep on doing the same things, you're going to get the same result. If you want to be different next year, this time next year to what you are now. If you want to be stronger, if you want to be tougher, if you want to be more victorious and an overcomer, then you've got to be doing something different. Yeah, I want us to be bigger on the inside this time in 40 days than we are now that we will know that we are changing our lives because we're changing what we're putting in and what's coming out in our speech. So ask yourself the questions. Am I complaining? Am I negative? And am I critical? Am I judgmental? Am I gossiping? Am I repeating other people's stuff? Life and death are in the power of your tongue and our words have power to heal or they have power to bring reconciliation or they have power to divide and to tear down or to unite. And the enemy he knows how powerful we are as a community. He knows that we are learning to govern. He knows that we are learning to sit in heavenly places and know our identity in Christ and he is scared. Because when we actually operate from that realm and know who we are and who our God is, we are unstoppable. Impossible things start to happen. Impossible things happen in your family and your workplace and your home life. Impossible things that you thought could never happen, God says, "I will exceed them abundantly beyond what you can ask" think or dream or possibly imagine. And he is scared. Yeah. So, And he is scared. So he's trying to get hold of our words because if he can get hold of our words and get hold of our hearts, then he can turn what God's purpose for us around and stop it happening. And so this is why we're going to hammer our words and we're going to look at our hearts and we're going to reflect and we're going to flush some stuff out. Yeah. Alrighty, Jesus' vision for us as a community and family is that we would be one as he and the Father are one. He knew our great love for one another would draw unbelievers into the kingdom as they saw what we look like. Unconditional love for one another. Unconditional acceptance. But, and the devil is scared of it, so he's trying to get hold of our words because if you're sitting there and a new person or, you're, and you're, or you're, you know, somebody hears you talking about somebody else or you're critical or you're negative, people are going to pull back from you or people are going to go, oh, I don't want to bring this person in case they hear somebody talking negatively like that. We've got to be so careful, so careful because the enemy is trying to disunite us so that people won't come in and God will hold back people. So we've got to really watch what's going on in our hearts. Words of blessing have an amazing impact. What if every time we got together, we just talked about all the good things God is doing instead of talking about all the negative stuff? What about every time we got together, we talked about what God has been revealing and what's in his word? How different would we be? Yeah? Does he need a drink? Can I get you now? Oh, that's okay. And that's what I see God wants us to do. And I think when we get hold of our words, he's going to catapult us to a new level. Because when we get hold of our words, we're going to start declaring some really cool stuff. Not just when we gather together, but in your home. Yeah, it's all right. We can all be playing nice when we're all together now. But what happens on Monday morning when something, you know, something happens at work or your work people are annoying you or, you know, something doesn't go to plan or the kids are annoying? Yeah, or your husband or your partner does something. Yeah? It's like God wants us that 24-7 we've got to control on our words. Because negative words are like toxins that tear down and destroy the purposes of God in our lives and in the life of our nation. Essentially, though, our hearts are the issue and God wants our hearts to be changed. Our hearts to be changed. <clears throat> and uh, Isaiah 58, verse 6 and 9 says... Isaiah challenges us to choose a fast that can break the bonds and yokes to let the oppressed go free. Then the Lord will hear and answer our cries if we remove the pointing of the finger and the speaking of wickedness. In fact, the word fast in Hebrew means to cover your mouth. So we're going to have a word fast where we cover our mouth and we examine what is inside our hearts. We all need a reprieve from damaging words. We need a reprieve from one another saying stuff and about what's in our hearts. We need a reprieve from that. So I'm proposing that we have a word fast. So every day I'm going to flick up on Instagram and if you're not on Instagram, let me know. And um, we can't get on Instagram because you're not technology that way and I'll, <coughs> I'll text you. But um, Yeah, you can do it from a computer. And that will, will just um, flick through to you a thought and a scripture and a little, um, a little thought of, okay, how are your words going today? <clears throat> so day one is the pointing of fingers and malicious talk. And actually we watch what comes out of our mouth and we ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to eliminate the pointing of the finger and prove to it be a lifestyle where I am speaking words that are, are good. And so you think about what is the Lord speaking to me through the verses that I send you? And then were there any particular words that came out of my mouth today that I need to repent of? And then ask the Holy Spirit to touch your heart and keep these words out of your mouth for tomorrow. Yeah? Because when you start to actually examine your words, you're going to get a little shock probably. Yeah? Because, you know... we're we're all different personalities now I'm I'm can only know the the wordy person and so um I can ruminate around and around about things and then out it comes and I'll be like I might be hurt or disappointed or cut up and people if they say stuff to me I'll be like ouch slice but also it's like I can get in a little puddle and you're gonna be upset and and anxious and then that's what you say But when we examine our heart, and it's like, why am I thinking to say that? Why did I say that? And question why. So when you catch yourself saying something that you know is critical, gossiping, judgmental, negative, challenge that and go, okay, hang on a minute. Let's have a look at these words. Why am I saying that? And then when you figured out why I said it, go, okay, well, why, why did that happen? Phillips calls it the five whys. Is that right? The five whys? Yeah, five-wise. So, okay, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, Let me think. I'm just trying to think of an example. It's not going to put me in it. (laughs) Um, Jump in it. all right, Um, I can get disappointed. You know, you can put into people and put into people and be there and then you can get disappointed because, you know, they go off and do the other thing. And it's like, so I can get myself in a little hissy fit and go, I spent all my life doing this, Lord, don't you see, don't you hear? You know, you do it with your kids or with me as a pastor, I do it. It's like I put in and put in and I'm there and you don't know that I'm there at 3 a.m. praying for you kind of thing. And I'll get myself in a little hissy fit. I do. And then it's like... And I'll start to say, oh, what's the point? Maybe I should just give up, da-da-da. And, and I'll be thinking that and if I get really under pressure and really I'll start to say stuff. And it's like, why? So I, you stop and you go, why am I getting like that? Well, it's anxiousness, it's fear, it's feel of failure, failure, it's rejection, all those things. You start to go, why am I feeling like that? Why does that happen? Or, you know, you might get a bill or something breaks down and you go, what? what do you do? Woo, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, why does everything break down? Why is this happening to me? Why is, you know, and it's like, nothing good happening today, blah, 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 blah. Yeah? Is it only me that does that? No. So, you got to challenge what your words are and take stock and take hold of every word that comes out of your mouth and start to examine it. Why do you say that? What are you actually believing? And challenge the thought. If you go to a counsellor and you have anxious anxiety or anything like that, they will say to you, challenge the thought. If you're afraid of dying, if you're afraid of your marriage breaking up, if you're afraid of something happening to your kids, afraid of of things, I'll say challenge that anxious thought. Is there truth in it? Is there truth in it? And even if if it's a fact, does it line up with what God says in his word? So we challenge those things. So if it's coming out of a mouth, grab hold of it and challenge it. I'm afraid. I'm afraid they're going to leave me. I'm afraid that, you know, that, that, that everybody's going to get sick of me, blah, blah, blah. And it's like challenge the thought. Why? Where is it actually coming from and is there any truth? And do you need your heart healed? Yeah. yeah. So we're going to have to be looking at our hearts. We're going to have to be examining our hearts and seeing what is actually going on. And the moment you start to examine your words, it's going to reveal what is in your heart. Okay. So it's going to challenge us for, them for the next 40 days, but I want us to stick with it and, and you know, make yourself accountable to someone or to one another and say, Holy Spirit, you show me. You set a guard across my mouth, but show me what's in my heart because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. All right? And, you, and you don't beat yourself up if you mess up. Just say, all right, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me to do better tomorrow. Help me not to say those words tomorrow. All right? We're not, we're not here to kind of you know be flagellating ourselves and and beating ourselves up it's like just being honest about what in our hearts so that our hearts are sweeter gen- gentler kindler, kinder kinder yeah and so that we are, and that we're united because then the enemy can't get in you know and your homes are going to be different people are going to know that you have the words of a disciple i just finish with um Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I may know how to sustain him who is weary with a word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as the learned. The Lord wants our our words to be strong and um, for people to know that we are different by our speech and our conduct. And when we speak, it's as if we are speaking the very words of God. And that's what the Lord wants for us. And that um, when we speak we would sustain those who are weary just with our words. That's what he wants for us and that's what I want for us. Yeah. And um, so let's, let's really, um, if you're feeling like you can be in that space and I want us to do this together, actually go, all right, Lord, we're committing ourselves in the next 40 days at least to examine what's coming out of our mouths every day. And if you mess up, just say, Holy Spirit, just help me. When you pray in the morning, Lord, set a guard across my mouth that I wouldn't say anything that would cause dishonour to you. When you hear something and you you don't need to repeat it, when you hear other people talking about others, you don't need to listen. You can walk away, take the phone away from your ear. (laughs) Yeah, We don't have to, when you hear a bad report, you don't have to be, you know, gathering that in, yeah? And so that we would would hear his words and be repeating those. So the more of this you put in, the more is going to come out. And he says he washes us with his word. So if you know you've got stuff in you that's not pleasing or you know that it's critical or negative or you worry, and I I get that. The more of this word you put in, it will sustain us. It will strengthen you. It will replace fear with faith. Unbelief with believing. Unrest with peace. Because we are complete in him. Amen. Can we do that together? All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your words. And uh, we thank you that you're such a loving and gracious God. Your loving kindness is just beyond really what we can fathom. And we come to you in repentance right now and we ask for your forgiveness where we have allowed things in our heart um, that are not something that would please you, where we have been negative or critical or we've judged others and we have pointed the finger, where we have Gossiped and repeated things that we shouldn't have. That we have a tasty little bit of information, Lord. And we ask for your forgiveness that you would cleanse us by the washing of your word, that you would heal us where we have been damaged by others' words, where others have criticized or torn us down, where even looking on Facebook or the media damages us. Lord, I pray that you would heal our hearts. And that as we spend this next 40 days focusing in on you and focusing in on Holy Spirit, you guiding us in our words, Lord, that we would be changed. And as we change our words, you would change our lives and our families and our workplaces and the way we relate to one another. Lord, that we would be so strong in this, that we would not easily be able to be offended or hurt or damaged any longer by others' words. We pray your blessing, Lord. We pray your help and your counsel and your guidance, Lord. And change our hearts, Lord. I pray in Jesus' precious name. And we all said? Amen. Amen. Amen.